4. As we begin reading together the entire chapter. And we will quickly move through this chapter tonight. To get it completed. It is really good. If you can and you're able. I ask you to stand for the reverence of the reading of God's word. Revelation chapter number 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Father, we love you. We thank you for the reading of your word. I pray that you'll help us tonight to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, keep us in the bounds of the book and help us to preach your word tonight. In Jesus' name we humbly ask and pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated tonight. This here begins a new vision in chapter Number four, the second great vision given to John the Apostle. Uh, The Lord's personal message to the individual churches is now over. We have studied those through the first three chapters of the book about these churches and about the introduction of the book of Revelation. Uh, He has pointed out the church's failures. He has warned them. He has counseled them. He has corrected them. And he's also given them the great promises of heaven if they'll overcome those things uh, uh, that they have been entrapped uh, into. 
Now's the time for the churches to look into the future and see the future events that are coming upon the earth. And it's time for the churches to know that Jesus Christ is coming. He is coming back. You'll not hear or read of any other scripture after chapter 3 about the church. So if there was a rapture to take place, and I believe that there will be one take place, a rapture being mean will be caught up, will be snatched out of here in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I believe that it had been it had happened or will happen between chapter number 3 and chapter number 4. In other words, what we see or what you're going to see and what I have read and what I've studied here from chapter 4 on forward takes place after we're gone. Okay, so what we see tonight, what we read uh, as we continue through this book will be something that will not have to take a part of. If you're saved, you're a believer, you've been born again, you'll not have to see and go through all of these things. Well, why is it there if it's not apparent to us to go through? Well, here's the reason why. He's wanting you to know of what is in the future for those that are left behind. We don't want anyone left behind. How are they going to avoid being left behind? Only one way. Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. The only way that an individual can get to heaven. It does, listen, many people will say, well, I'm going to heaven because grandma went to heaven. Nope, that's not it. I'm going to heaven because mom and daddy went to heaven. Nope, that's not it. I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. No, that's not it. The only way that you avoid the wrath to come after the rapture of the church is going to be through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we will see that there will be some saved out of the great tribulation later on as we do our study. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself tonight, but there'll be some of every kindred, tongue and nation that is saved out of the tribulational period, but it will be very, very difficult to have to do. In other words, you'd rather go by the way of the rapture and not by the way of out of the tribulation period. Amen. So in this vision, there's two great things that are seen. First, we see the throne of God. Second, God himself is seen holding a book which contains the destiny of the world in the end times as we know it. However, the book is sealed and no one is found worthy to open and reveal the contents of the book. This discourages John for the possibility of seeing the destiny of the world had excited him. But just as John despairs, one steps forward who is worthy to open the book. And this person is the Lamb of God, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It is Jesus Christ himself, the only one that is found worthy to open the book. Now, the present passage We see the throne of God. John is transported into heaven. And the very first thing that he sees is the throne of God. He sees God himself sitting upon his great throne. And John is given a vision. And five quick things happen to John here according to the scripture in chapter number 4. John sees a door that is opened into heaven. He was about to see uh, uh, what he's about to look into 
heaven and see what was there from God himself and what God was actually giving him. The future events were not of his own imagination. They were to be of God. They were from God. They were from God himself and are printed in the very word of God. That means that we can trust what John saw. That means we can understand and know that the events written down in Revelation are recorded in the word of God to be true and factual of what John actually encountered there on the Isle of Patmos as he is taking a peek over into the heavens. And there are three doors, just as I thought tonight, there are three doors that are mentioned in Revelation. There's the open door of evangelism and missions, the door which God opens to the churches for bearing witness to the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the opportunity that God, uh, for God to open the doors for them that carry the gospel to their neighbors and the communities and the cities and the states and the world, even to the uttermost parts of the earth. There's the open door of the human heart. When believers carry the message to the gospel to their neighbors, when you carry the gospel to someone that is lost, it is then upon that, the responsibility of that individual to open their heart and receive what you're giving to them. So we see the open heart, uh, 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 the open door of evangelism for the believer. But you also see the door of the human heart that can be open to receive uh, the word of God. And then you have the door of revelation. And once a person has opened the door of his heart to Christ, Christ reveals the glorious things of himself, of God, of heaven, of this world. And in addition, Christ reveals some of the events that are, take pl- that are to take place as history unfolds. Uh, Some of the events that surround the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and thereafter the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But John had heard a commanding voice. He had seen this great vision. John was called up here unto heaven. Why was that? Well, the reason is clearly stated. It's to see future events, those things that must take place. And the word is... uh, the word must there is an important word because we can believe in what John was seeing. We can believe in what the Lord had shown John. And the Bible said that John was immediately in the spirit. Uh, he was having a deep, intense spiritual experience with God. And he was in that state of mind where he could see those things uh, uh, into the heavens. And John saw the most astounding sight imaginable. Can you imagine what John saw as he seen God himself sitting on the throne? John emphatically declares that he saw God sitting on the throne. Now this picture being dramatized is this. The throne in heaven. God's throne is the throne above all thrones. We know that He's the King of all kings. We know that He's the Lord of all lords. And we know that this will give Him supreme authority. He has supreme authority, rather, over all other thrones. We may think that the President of the United States has a lot of power, and He does. We may think that the Queen of England has power, and I'm sure that she does. We may think that the Governor has power, and I'm sure he has some power, and some authority. We know that the sheriff has some authority. We know the game warden has some authority. But folks, I'm here to tell you, nobody has the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ has. He has the supreme authority over all. 
And I'm glad that he does because I'm on a first name basis with him. Amen. Because he is my king. He is my provider. He is the lover of my soul. He is the savior of this body. He's the creator of it all. He stepped out on nothing and created everything. And my friend, I'm glad to know that I'm saved tonight. And that if Jesus Christ was to come tonight, I would be lifted out of here by the way of the rapture. And I will be safely in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. But in verses 2 and 3, God God is being described there as the sight of, of God sitting upon the great throne of God. It's an astounding thing. No human shape or form can really describe what John is seeing. So God is described in terms of light. The dazzling light of the most precious gems and jewels of that day. The jewels chosen to describe God proclaim a marvelous message to the hearer. Now listen real closely as we speak about these particular stones that are mentioned in the scripture. They were considered the most brilliant, uh, the most valued, the most precious and desired gems on the earth. Thus God is seen and described as the most brilliant, the most valued, the most precious and desired being of all of the earth. The countenance of God, the Bible says, shone like a jasper stone. This stone referred to was different from the jasper stone of today. The idea is that the stone was some sort of translucent crystal which light was passing through. And light was shining. It was shining so brilliantly that it was apparently like the concentrated light of a laser. And this represents the penetrating perfection and purity of God Almighty. And then it mentions the sardine stone. This was a fiery red stone and it represents the justice of God. And then you see the rainbow that surrounded the throne that that looked like emerald green. Now this represents the mercy of God and the new covenant of grace given to man by God. The promise of mercy that was made to Noah over in Genesis chapter number 9. Aren't you glad that we still got a promise of the Lord uh, and His promise of grace and His promise of mercy? Uh, This world has taken the symbol of the rainbow and turned it into something that is filth uh, when it was actually a sign given from God Himself. I thank God that we still have the promise of the rainbow. I'm glad that we still have the promise of His mercy And His grace. The throne of God uh, covers uh, the whole scope of salvation. And there is a God in all of His perfection and purity. And there is a man who comes uh, uh, short of God's perfection and purity. And that is you and I. We've all come short of God's glory. And there is a just God uh, that's going to bring judgment. And man being short of God's perfection and purity cannot live with God unless we have justice and judgment and forgiveness through Him. And God can only 
only allow that perfection in His presence. What do you mean? Well, that means when I get to heaven, I'm going to be one of those perfect ones that will be allowed in the presence of God. You and I today have many flaws. We have many aches. We have many pains. Sometimes our mind may not completely work the way that it should. We may have disabilities of some sort or the other. But my friend, when we get over into the place called heaven, we're going to have perfect bodies. Bodies that will not hurt. Perfect hearing. Perfect sight. Perfect speech. Perfect bodies. And no more sin. And no more Satan. And no more of this world to bring us down. I'm glad for God's mercy and God's grace. Because God loves man. He sent His only Son to bear the sins of man. And His Son actually took the sins of man upon Himself. And bore the guilt of judgment against them. Therefore man can now be free from sin. He can become acceptable unto God. And if he'll accept the sacrifice of Christ for his sins. He can be saved and his name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. All of this is seen in the throne of God. The whole scope of of human history. Of the glorious salvation God has planned for man. The throne of God and God Himself declares that He is perfect and pure and just and yet full of mercy and grace. I'm glad that I serve a perfect God. I'm glad that I serve a pure God. I'm glad that I serve a merciful God and a gracious God because of all of His perfection and all of His mercy and all of His grace. There's no one else could have offered me salvation full and free. There's no one else could have wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. There's no one else could get me to heaven except for Jesus Christ Himself. And aren't you glad that you know Him tonight? Praise the Lord. This light of God is the very light that man needs. It's a penetrating light that is gloriously reflected from the throne and the presence of God. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. As you look at verse number 4. We see the elders of Revelation. There is the side of 24 elders sitting around the throne of God. What is said about these elders? Let's look and see. Well, they're seated around the throne or upon the throne that surround God's throne. This shows that they're near to God. They're being honored with His presence. They're resting in God. They're being fulfilled. They're being complete. And they're being satisfied. They are enthroned with God. That is, they're given permanent place in His presence forever and ever. They're clothed in white. This means that they're clothed in purity and holiness of God and of Christ. There is no imperfection in them at all. They have crowns of gold on their heads. This means that they hold positions of authority. That they're given some type of duty and responsibility to oversee for God. That they serve God by overseeing some rule and domain. 
and that others serve under them. Simply stated, they rule and reign for God, serving Him by managing some vast rule and domain of the universe. In other words, listen, when we get into heaven, we're going to have a job as well. You may not know what that duty is. Uh, It might be just a doorkeeper at the gate. Uh, It might be just looking after the throne like one of the 24 elders. Uh, But whatever it is, it's going to be good. It's going to be, we're going to be able to complete it and we're going to be working for the kingdom of God. I'm glad that when our time and our journey's over here, doesn't mean that we'll have to stop working over there for the Lord because He'll have something uh, for you and I to do. Amen. Verse number five and six the throne. There's the awesomeness of the throne. Three things are now added to the throne of God to show how awesome the presence of God is. There is God's voice, which is so commanding that it sounds like a combination of many voices and of lightnings and of thunder. This shows us just how majestic and awesome the voice of God is. His voice flashes and thunders the great pronouncements of God. The very will of God is sounded forth from the throne of God with the speed of lightning and with the awesomeness of thunder. And His will is going to be done. The events of history take place as He has ordered. This particular side of God's majestic pronouncement is a scene of His coming judgment. The dreadful storm is about to break loose on the earth beneath. There's a sea of, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but the seven torches of burning fire are the symbol of the Holy Ghost in all of His fullness and completeness. There's a sea of glass that's stretching out before the throne. And this sea looks like a transparent glassy sea as of crystal. The elders of Israel saw a similar sight in Exodus chapter number 24 and verse number 10. The Bible says they saw the God of Israel and there was under his feet as it was their paved work of a sapphire stone and as it were a body of heavens in his clearness. Ezekiel himself saw a similar sight in Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 22 and 26. I'll read it for you. It says, And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was as the color of the terrible crystal stretched forth over their heads Above and above the firmament was over their heads was a likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. May I say today these Old Testament prophets, these Old Testament saints had insight of what's going to be coming in the future. Even before Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, they were projecting, they were prophesying that there would be one to come with child that would have the Savior of the world. Some of them many hundreds of years before Jesus come onto the scene. And then even over in these books of Ezekiel and in Jeremiah, you can see where these prophets were looking toward way past the birth of Christ, but actually the return of Christ and the coming judgment upon the world as we know it today. God had instructed the temple to have a brazen sea stretched out before it and remember the tabernacle and temple were shadows of the real things in heaven. 
Second Kings, even chapter seven and verse twenty-three, the Bible says, "And he made a molten sea, ten cubits from the one brim to the other, and it was around about, and his height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it around about." The sea of glass symbolizes at least three things tonight. The glassy sea shows us the value and preciousness of God's presence. In the old days, it was almost impossible to make pure glass. Pure glass was as clear as crystal was considered to be as valuable and precious as gold. The glassy sea shows us clearly God is able to see everything that is out before His throne. It stands for His omniscience and penetrating vision into all things. Nothing is hid from Him who is upon the throne of heaven. I listen, many a people think that they can pull one over maybe on the preacher. Some people may think they can pull one over on their spouse or their brother, sister, or friend. But there is one you can't hide from today. There is the one God of heaven that sees all what we do, what we don't do. He sees it all. And he's sitting on the throne in heaven tonight. The glassy sea shows us the spectacular purity of God. As clear and pure as perfect glass and crystal. The glassy sea shows us how far away God is from the impurities of a contaminated world. He is as far away as the sea made of pure glass and pure crystal. Now as we look on into verses 6 and 9, 6 through 9, we see some some of the creatures of Revelation. We see four. There's four living creatures who surround the throne of God. What does this mean? What, what, is, what is all this about? Well, let's look at it. There's their position. They are the closest beings to God. Apparently, they are angelic beings who are posted in the middle of each side of the throne. They are the guardians of God's throne and of His holy presence. Look at their descriptions. They're always found near the throne of God. They have six wings and are full of eyes, the scripture tells us. Their function has to do with the holiness and wrath of God. They declare the holiness of God day and night and never cease to declare His holiness. Who are these living beings who are privileged to be in God's presence day and night? And to declare His majestic holiness. These beings who never have to leave God's presence, not even for a moment. Who would be so honored as to have this glorious privilege? Undoubtedly, there are beings who were created for this very specific purpose. They seem to be the same beings as the cherubim seen as the cherubim seen in Ezekiel's vision in Ezekiel chapter number ten. As the seraphim seen in Isaiah's vision in Isaiah chapter 6. But note that John chooses certain animals to describe certain characteristics that he noticed of these beings. One being was like a lion. That lion symbolizes supremacy and authority. One being like an ox. That symbolizes strength. One being was like a man that symbolizes intelligence. And one being was like an eagle 
that symbolizes swiftness. So you're seeing in these beings, you're seeing supremacy, you're seeing strength, you're seeing intelligence, and you're seeing swiftness. And note their function. Their function was to give glory and honor to God day and night. These living creatures show two things to you and I. First, they show us the supremacy, the strength, intelligence, and swiftness of God as they stand for all that God is. But secondly, they show us that all of nature owes its worship to God. Both animals and man. They picture all the beings of nature standing before God and praising Him. All the world, both animal and man, are represented in the four living beings as they worship God day and night, crying to Him, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. All the world, I do believe, is to praise God for His holiness. We have fallen short on our praise tonight, my friend. All the world is to give God praise for His sovereignty and for His omnipotence. All the world is to to praise God for His eternal existence. It's very difficult for a lost man to give praise unto the one that saved him. But when one's been saved and one's been converted and received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, they owe Him all the glory and the honor and the praise for what He's done for us. The Bible says if we don't give Him the praise, the rocks will cry out. Who do the birds sing to in the morning? I believe they're singing songs to God. Uh, what who, When the crickets begin chirping in the evening and the frogs begin to croak, uh, who are they singing to? I don't believe they're singing to one another. I believe they're singing to the God of heaven and giving glory and honor unto Him. I believe we should give praise unto glory and, and to the glory of God. Listen, I tell you what, I haven't felt so great the, uh, this week myself. I told my wife, I said, I just don't feel good. I just don't have a whole lot of energy this week. I just can't get going. I can't get to moving the way that I feel like that I need to be going. But I can tell you this. It doesn't hurt me from praising God just because I don't feel the way that I should. Because I could be in a whole lot worse shape. I could be without legs that move. I could be without lips that talk. I could be without ears that hear. I could be without eyes that see. I could be in a place to where I could not move and not uh, be uh, out and about the way that I am. Uh, and I just thank God that I've got the opportunity to do some work for Him. Amen. What an indictment against man here in the Scripture. How little we praise and worship God. Truly, truly praise and worship Him. Imagine there are four beings who've been created to worship God day and night. Never to cease from worshiping Him. Four beings who cry out day and night the praises and the glory of God. As they say there in the scripture in Revelation 4, 8. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Let's look at verse 10 and 11 tonight. What is the function of these 24 elders? I believe the function is fourfold. Number one, they're showing subjection to God and subservience to God. That word means that they've been submissive to the Lord. 
They fall down before the throne of God. They yield all they are and all they have to the Lord. What a lesson for you and I tonight. How we must learn how great God is that He dwells in such glory and majesty and dominion and power that we owe Him our lives and everything that's in us. That's what these elders are showing here. Everything that we have, everything that we are, we're going to do it for the Lord. Amen. Thank God. What a lesson for us tonight. They worship, number two, they worship God as the eternal God. Number three, they show the supreme worthiness of the Lord. They cast their crowns before the Lord. The Lord's given the right to rule with Him. Uh, the Lord has given the right to rule with Him by overseeing certain domains throughout the universe. But in true humility and thankfulness, the elders cast their crowns down before the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? To show that He alone is worthy. And they are acknowledging the truth. Forever and ever. And fourthly tonight. They vocally declare his worthiness. And they praise him as the Lord God of the universe and creation. The Greek actually reads it like this. Thou art worthy our Lord and our God. This means that God is supreme. He's the first being of the universe. He's the glorious creator of all things. And he is the one who created all things for his pleasure. As we can take a look at what John is seeing. We think we see the things take, begin to take shape. Of what John is actually seeing as he gets a vision into the heavens. How far behind on our worship and praise are we of the Lord God of heaven. How short are we in believing and knowing that everything is created for by Him. Everything was created for Him. How far have we come in our lives and not realize exactly who this man that's sitting on the throne truly is? Or this being, this, 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 this figure that we call God. How far have we come of not really realizing that He stepped out on nothing and created everything? The very one that holds our breath in his hands. We all have an appointment with him. And one day we'll see the judgment of God fall. Some of us have already started to see the judgment of God fall. Sometimes we have to have bad things to happen in our lives for us to actually see the picture of how good God is. Although we will not be able to see or go through. If you're saved, you won't be seeing these things that are fixing to come to pass. That we're going to be studying throughout the scripture. I'm talking about when the moon turns to blood. I'm talking about when the, the horses will rain. I'm talking about some tribulation that will be coming. It just gets gooder and gooder. <laughs> That's good English, ain't that, sis? It gets better and better <laughs> as we go through the Word of God. We'll stop right there at the end of chapter number 4. We'll pick up chapter number 5. I'll have Sister Pam to come around to the piano at this time. We'll pick up with chapter 5 after the season of harvest services. 
And we'll continue to go from here. Are these, are these lessons helping you? Amen. Are they helping you? Amen. All right. Let's stand tonight. We'll pray. If you've got a need, you come. Father, we do love you. Thank you for Jesus him dying on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for your good book. Thank you for your study tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to apply it to our hearts and lives. Help us to do your will. Lord, I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.